at the beginning of the summer, I started praying about how we could possibly work in some kind of a mikvah, whether it's modified, you know, without my pool, we've not had a mikvah in several years. So um, the Delaware is a little problematic, and I don't know anybody else with a private pool where we could do this safely. So um, the Lord put on my heart a kind of, ed yeah, well, now we know for next year. <laughs> All right. So, um, anyway, let me tell you how I got to this place. At the very beginning of the summer, Lynn and I always go over the schedule for the summer. And the first thing that we talk about is, are we going to have a mikvah? When? How's it going to work? So, um, we just began praying, and then it got closer, and then I'm thinking, I don't think we're going to be able to have one this year. And then you all received this. I've been speaking about this um, article that Jamie Lash wrote, um, Jewish Jewels. It's called The Tyranny of Self, and this is something I've been reading regularly because I keep finding more stuff that I need to repent of and that I need God's help in overcoming. So when I read this at the beginning of August, here is what pierced my heart. I read from this same page last week when I asked the question, are we dead to self? And I read all the questions that Jamie wrote down, and some of the descriptions about people who are enamored with self. So the next paragraph is this. Immersion, or tevila in Hebrew, water baptism in English, is a picture of death to self. The old man is buried with Yeshua, and arises to newness of life in Messiah. And then she went on to write about her personal experience. I have been immersed more than once as an adult believer at Salvation in 1973, in the Jordan River in 1998, alone once in the ocean at night with Yeshua, before the fall holy days, as is the custom of religious Jews, going to the mikvah. Perhaps some of you would benefit from another immersion, especially since Jewish brides must be immersed before their wedding. We, as the bride of Yeshua, might consider that spiritual cleansing ritual before he comes, before he comes for us. I happen to read Acts 22, 14 through 16. Well, let me stop there. When she wrote this statement, we as the bride of Yeshua might consider that spiritual cleansing ritual right before he comes for us, that pierced my heart. And I felt we can't go another year without some form of a mikvah. And then I began asking the Lord how this could even work. So, what we are going to do today, and I'm going to read some scriptures, 
what we are going to do today is a modified mikvah. And I was, I was so touched by what you said about humility and the fear of the Lord at the beginning of the service when you opened. And I realized that, you know, a mikvah is a very private thing. It's really between you and the Lord. Um, there are people that attend, like when we did it in the backyard, there were always people around, and some people gave a testimony, some did not. And we were there more as encouragement to you. We weren't there to, to make sure you did it right. We weren't there to um, do any kind of a commentary on what you were doing, because this is personal. And... How I felt the Lord was speaking to me about this mikvah this year is we have been studying the fear of the Lord, not just on Wednesday nights, but also on Shabbat. We've had several teachings on the fear of the Lord. And I just felt like this is what the theme of our mikvah is. It is a time of consecration and rededication of our lives to the Lord, which is what we always do in the month of Elul. There is some portion of what we do that's a type of rededication and reconsecration to the Lord and the Lord only. And I just felt that our theme this year is the fear of the Lord, that the Lord would continue to teach us personally what it means for us to fear the Lord. Not what it means for somebody else to fear the Lord, but what is the Lord speaking to us today about fearing the Lord? So we're going to have this little modified mikvah. It's not going to be a total immersion. As you can see, we have um, the bowls and pit pitchers on the table and at the seats. So <clears throat> you have your choice of coming up and washing your hands. And I want to read the inscription that was printed out this morning. In fact, we worship to this song, Who May Ascend to the Hill of the Lord. This is from Psalm 24. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. This person shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, those who seek your face, O Lord. Selah. If you would like, you may come up and you may wash your hands. We will have kind of attendance at the table. You can hold your hands over the bowl and someone will pour the water over your hands. And you may have to wait um, because we only have a few attendants and um, it's all about not coming up to go through the motion. It's coming up to rededicate yourself to the Lord. You may want to wash your hands and then sit and pray. Or you may want to pray first and then go up. It's up to you because it's between you and the Lord. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with anybody sitting here. Should you desire 
for your feet to be washed. And one of the things that I look at when, you know, in, in Yeshua's washing of the feet of his Talmudim at his last Seder, he was not just washing their feet as symbolic for um, the cleansing. It was more, or in addition, it was the new walk they would have with him. And so that is part of what this washing of your feet. So you can put your feet in the bowl. We will put, pour water over. Then we have little towels at both stations where you can dry your feet off. And the same thing, you can pray before you come up or pray after you come up. It doesn't matter because no one is going to be graded or judged by the way you do it. This is an opportunity for us to give even more meaning to the month of Elul. Now, I know there's people downstairs at Shabbat school. There are people who couldn't be here today because of other obligations, and they will have an opportunity to do this next week. We'll figure out how that would work. We do have a guest next week. Um, Sally Klein O'Connor will be here. So I did want to read um, the scriptures that God put on my heart. And one is from Acts 3, 19, 20. Therefore, repent and turn to God. You will hear a song. We will have worship music playing in the background. One of the songs you will hear is Teshuvah. And Teshuvah is to repent and turn to God. So you will hear that. We'll put the words up. Um, you can pray through the words. And because all of the words, all of the songs are worshipful and have to do with what we are doing this morning. So the scripture goes on to say, therefore repent and turn to God so that your sins may be erased, so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord's presence. We all need times of refreshing. And as we walk in this repentance and this turning to God, we recognize that our sins are already paid for by the blood of the Lamb who died in our place. And I'm going to also read from Titus 3. But when the kindness and love for mankind of when the kindness and love for mankind of God our deliverer was revealed, he delivered us. He delivered us through our deliverer, Yeshua. It was not on the grounds of any righteous deeds that we have done, but on the grounds of his own mercy. The Lord did it by means of the mikvah of rebirth. So you can see this as a new day for you. Whether you wash your hands or have your feet washed, you can see this as an opportunity for a type of rebirth. He did it by means of the mikvah of rebirth and the renewal brought about by the Ruach HaKodesh, whom he poured out on us generously through Yeshua the Messiah, our deliverer. So we are renewed by the Ruach. And in that renewal, we have the power to overcome sin in our lives. And so we're going to simply start the worship. And as you feel to come up, 
Um, Hillary, if you could be stationed at the, the hand washing station. Uh, yeah? You could do both, sure. Yeah. Um, and Joyce, if you could be stationed there. And David, Lou, would you mind just, uh, the music should just play through. And then we'll give you an opportunity to come up. And if you also could be stationed over there or as we have need. So I want to close with one other scripture. And this is from Romans 6. Don't you know that those of us who have been immersed into Messiah Yeshua have been immersed into his death? Through immersion into his death, we were buried with him. So that just as through the glory of the Father, the Messiah was raised from the dead, likewise, we too might live a new life. And that's what this is all about, a new life going forward, a new life in this new season that God is leading us into. So if you would start the music, and, and you can do it, kind of on the lower side because it should be kind of a time of you know meditation and reflection are there any questions is it clear what we're doing something that occurred to me when david was washing my feet was there's not enough water there is not enough water praise god for the lamb because there's not enough water. And I'm, I'm talking personally. I just thought, if you could dump every pitcher of water, it still wouldn't be enough. Without the blood of the lamb, our sins are not forgiven. Without the blood of the lamb, we don't have Ruach, who enables us to overcome sin, and who helps us to be holy as he is holy. And that's part of the whole consecration because the Lord told his people, come out from among them and be separate. Be separate. Be holy, for I am holy. And so this symbolic washing of our hands and our feet, one or the other or both, is simply our appearing before the throne of God, saying, this is my heart's desire, Lord. My heart's desire is to be holy unto you. Without your spirit, I can't do this. And through so many of the songs, we sang about the Lord's mercy. And the scriptures tell us that he teach us. They don't just tell us. The scriptures teach us that the mercy of the Lord endures forever. And his mercy is boundless. It has no end. There is no beginning and no end to God's mercy. When we say we are at the mercy of the Lord, I say, Baruch Hashem. I would rather be at his mercy than the mercy of anybody else. So, Lord, we thank you for this time. We know it is simply... A picture of what our heart's desire is to be holy unto you Lord to be a holy people before a holy God our desire is to know to understand and to walk 
in the fear of you, Lord, as you lead us, as you take us by the hand, step by step, Lord, through every moment of every day for the rest of our lives. We desire, Lord, we desire, Lord, to be holy before you. We desire to be worthy of your name. You have placed your name upon us, O God. We desire to be worthy of that name. Without the power of Ruach within us, we have no other help, we have no other hope of being holy unto you. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the scriptures that we read today that remind us, Lord, that all of this is symbolic. Our desire to have clean hands and a pure heart. The washing of our hands is just symbolic of our desire to have a pure heart before you. That you clothe us with your robes of righteousness when we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Yeshua, our Messiah. So we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord, for the symbolism of this day, of what it means to each of us personally and corporately as the body of Messiah. We desire, Lord, to walk in your ways, to hold you up as holy, to hold you up in awe of who you are. You are the great God. You are the awesome God. And your mercies endure forever. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. If-